really hope that you guys are staying warm or cooling off here in Texas. It's just hot as hell. Okay. I'm having to play trophy wife this week, which I know is going to be ammo for Russell coming up. But this is all they're talking. You guys listening to me, Amy, Russell, Dina Ray is our guest co-host and our guest author is Dr. Judith Browse or the book shepherd as everybody knows. So you guys, let's dive into the weekend. I drove down here to San Antonio, which most everybody, and if you're newly listening, that is where I am from. I grew up here. Josh is at uh, a oil and gas conference. And so I am here doing my trophy wife duties, as I like to say. Um, so I'll be hanging out here. So I have a hotel room in my background, which is why my author talk uh, green screen is up because my office is clean and I could totally put it back up. Okay, and Russell would get over. Or no, get we off. haven't seen any evidence of a clean. <laughs> anyways, anyways, okay. But I'm just saying, September is flying by. Oh, I do have an update, Russell, for you. I may have found a location for my house. That's not a huge update, but you know how I was house hunting with all of this craziness going on. And so I am. This I is guess. great news. Yeah. Uh, for people listening, Amy and her husband have decided to buy another house and rent out the house they're in after all the work they've done in it, which I really think is really smart. So. Uh, <laughs> it probably wasn't the best plan though when Josh had just finished my house. And then I was just like, hey, we need to move so the girls can go to a better school. That kind of made him mad. Right, <laughs> but you're not selling the house. His career is exploding in a great way. Your business is doing well. This is all great. Yeah, it's an exciting time and new season for sure. But what did everybody else do this weekend? Who wants to go first? Russell can go. Okay, I'll go. Even though I do want to hear, I was hoping to hear a story about, I love Judith's stories when she does those weekend teas with authors. So Judith, when we get to it, I would love to hear some of those stories about what those, some of those weekends are like, because you did that the last time you were on. Oh, okay. But well, my I, weekend, I had quite a weekend this past weekend. So. Well, I'll be dying to hear it. My okay. weekend is a weekend of laughter at myself. Uh, hmm. My wife has gone pickleball. My wife is a corporate executive and she was, and she needed to figure out something to do to get more physical exercise. And so she started playing, we started playing together pickleball and uh, we have this big clique of pickleball players and they're all 30 years younger than us. Yeah. And, uh, we play like five or six nights a week and I have a right wrist injury, a right elbow injury, uh, mm -hmm. a left knee injury, a Achilles, Achilles tendon pull. And uh, I'm like, whoa, I need to get well before I go to Japan in two weeks. So uh, that the joke is, I, even though I think I'm a great pickleball player, <laughs> though that makes absolutely no difference in the whole world. Uh, <laughs> That's one to, person's opinion. It's one person's opinion. It's not. It's, <laughs> it, you know, there are truths in the universe. There are truths. 
one of them is that pickleball doesn't matter, okay? Except during the actual volley. But man, I have, I am, I feel like I'm beat up. <laughs> and I got to get well before Japan. So I'm going to have to go cheer on the gang without actually playing for the next week or so. Well, Russell, I have to add on to this since I have an appointment with my orthopedic guy tomorrow um, for a second knee replacement. But that pickleball is the orthopods employment act. Yes. And that the, uh, not the injuries that they are seeing are stunning. Stunning. <laughs> so. Well, Russell's going to get well for a couple of weeks. Anyway, well, I laugh at my own stupidities. <laughs> but you're a great pickleball player, okay? You're. We're going to keep that up there. You are one of the greats. <laughs> oh, I could play it with a name like Pickleball. That's right. That's, that's the point. You get in these games with some of these people, and they're so obsessed with the, the word winning. And they'll come over to you to argue about whether a ball was on the line or something. And I look at them and say, it's pickleball. Stay calm. It's pickleball. You can't get so serious it, about it. It's pickleball. Yeah. That's all it, they call it pickleball for a reason. Hey, it's just what is the reason? Thing? That it doesn't matter. It's just to get out and move around. Have some social well, It time. doesn't matter. And these people go hog wild over it and just get insane about it. I'm in that world right now, by the way. See, I'm in that world. Just to me and you, we're not, you know, we're just like, oh, whatever. Okay, we'll just move around. Which know? makes me kind of unpopular with many people within the groups. I get it. I mean, I get it. Okay. Okay. I get it. Dina, what do you think? Yeah. He, he he just wants to have fun. I know. He, he wants to exercise a little. I, I think that sounds great. But pickleball has now become the number one complaint in a lot of communities um, because yeah, of the sound. I have heard that. I have yeah. heard that. It was I have just to say one other thing. Mm -hmm. People do not seem to appreciate my game commentary during the games that I'm playing in. Oh, dear. <laughs> because I do have a lot of commentary because oh. that's part of enjoying it and some people don't seem to appreciate that including my wife and some of my observations <laughs> go figure <laughs> so well this weekend um maybe you should video them and put them up on youtube and let people add into it i may put i may do a video and put it on author talk so people can see how ridiculous we are. But I'll have to kind of protect, I don't want my wife to see that or I might get in more trouble than I am otherwise. Oh, okay. Get you, get you a, a little GoPro and put it on there. Yeah, well, because it was like the second full weekend of the month i worked on the magazine so i would work on the magazine and then go watch an episode of the mustache and then work on the magazine and then go 
go watch an episode of Mustache. <laughs> so that was my What weekend. is the mustache, Dina? It, yeah. Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck on Blue Bloods. So I love Tom He ages Selleck. very well. I don't, like I don't care what anyone says. I don't know. I don't like Blue Bloods, but I do like Tom Selleck and uh, who's the other one? Sam Elliott. I like. I guess. I love. I like Sam. Yes, I Sam Elliott. Me well, too. To me, to me a, a face without mustache without mustache is like an egg without salt. So you know. What? <laughs> I actually, I actually totally got that. Okay, I got it. I got that. <laughs> I actually got, I totally understand that. By the way, uh, uh, Sam Elliott is hanging out in the Texas panhandle now because they're starting to make those, one of those new Western TV series that he's in, in the Texas panhandle. I mean, wow. Road trip, Amy, road trip. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't like long car rides, but Okay. So, Amy, are you going to look for a house down in San Antonio, or are you going to? No, I'm staying up in Bryan College Station. That's where okay. I'm going to. I'm going to stay. Yes. Yeah. But Judith, what did you do this weekend? Well, we had the third induction of the Colorado Authors Hall of Fame. We had 200 people attending. This is a dress up, dress up gala. Um, and it was, I actually was able to bring it in 10 minutes before our close time. Um, and we, you know, we, 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 we actually added a silent auction onto it, um, to it this year. And if you can see, you know, I'm just going to see that picture way above my head up here, up, up here. Yeah. Okay. okay. This is a beautiful landscape by John Fielder. John is known globally for his landscape and photography. He died last month. And I talked to him a few months uh, and a few weeks before he died. I mean, we all knew, you know, this was coming. He was a young man. He was still considered young. Um, and I asked him permission to, uh, he, he did a special poster for the induction of the hall um, back in, in 2019. And I asked him if I could pull out a couple and frame them and auction them. And I'm pleased to say they went for a nice price um, and did that. So that was one of our auction pieces. But the, really, the uh, the show is the authors. Um, and uh, John Denver was our legacy, one of our legacies. He was our poet laureate here. All his songs started as poetry. Um, and his son accepted for him. Zach came. Um, the other legacy was the grandfather, godfather of Latino poetry, and 35 members of his family showed up, and they they were wild, wild, wonderful wild. Um, and then we had people like Temple Grandin, who has made the difference for autism, for architecture, for animal husbandry. She was she was fabulous, um, and and others. You, you I, nothing is scripted, um, so I never know what's going to come out of their mouths. They just said, you you know, you've got so much time, and it was just um, it's always a magical night um, and going away, and so it's a lot of work, 
next one will be in two years. We do this every other year um, as we bring it together. So, but next year, um, what we've now added in our even years, um, we give away a lot of money to authors and we give away thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in scholarships to unpublished authors and if they qualify. And in Colorado, the the number one is they have to be a resident. That's and they have to be over twenty. Um, last year, when we gave ten thousand dollars away last year, five five uh, two thousand dollars scholarships, and a mentor program that's worth another fifteen thousand dollars for each one to get them through this process. So that's what the Hall of Fame is. And I have a board meeting tomorrow, and I am going to th throw the word succession on the table that they need to start getting ready to replace me. So that's what happened. That, that was is a big weekend. Big I remember weekend. when she started that. Do you remember that, Amy? Yeah. She was on this show mm -hmm. talking about trying to start that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I did. And we did. We did. And we did. We have Indiana starting. We're working with Indiana. They're putting together theirs right now. And um, and then this coming weekend, I have um, two all-day workshop events for Speaking Unplugged. And one of the online can take a couple more people, but the in-person sold out. So that's good. Nice. That's, that's what's going on. You are and, a woman. And then the other thing is, this is, I think I'd rather be with, with Russell and Pickleball. But we've decided we decided we've been wanting to do it for over a year now, switching banks. And I'm telling you, it, it is hell that all the stuff that you have to do to set up with these new accounts and undoing it. The, the old days of being able to call and saying, hey, I, you know, I, can, can we do this? You can't do it that way anymore. It's 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 been we have hours and hours of these transitions to get things, the auto payments and all that, it's making me crazy. So. No, that's not fun. I'd rather be at Pickleball too with Russell. Injured. Yeah. I'd be injured at Pickleball. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I'd go to be the voyeur and um, to, to just listen to the commentaries for entertainment. That's, it sounds like that's what I'd like to do. Well, I got to tell you, like for the next week, I still have to go or I'll get in trouble. So I'll still go and, and I won't play, but I will commentate. Nice. So you're, so you're the pickleball mascot. Is that what I'm hearing, Russell? Well, uh, this week and next week. I've got to get well because we're going to Japan in a couple of weeks, and yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to have to be wheelchaired through the uh, bullet train. No, that would not be fun. That would not be in full Russell's style of a trip. Like we can't have that. Or so climb you, the volcano. Yeah, so you can go to your pickleball and do the commentary. You know, which will be great. I love it. What is that? It's a commentator, right? That's what you are. You're just be a commentator for people. Yes. Semi-rude comments about my friends and strangers. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> okay. Semi-rude. Well, Russell, it is your time to shine in your weekly statement. Well, I do have a question. Judith, tell us 
tell people about your author weekends. People, you you have when I teach. Do you, st do you yeah. still do those? And yeah. yep. uh, when do you have the next one? And what do you do on those? Because this is a beautiful little thing that you do. Well, the author where I'm working with them, the, this one coming up this weekend, this weekend, um, and I do Friday is all day online and Saturday is in person, is my Speaking Unplugged, where I will use my book, How to Create a Million Dollar Speech, which is what I did, and, um, and taking your book um, or your expertise, some people don't have a book yet, you know, um, and, and, and taking that and developing a speech speeches, knowing how to market it, how to pitch it, um, and creating a career. Um, and, and I can, you know, from speaking, speaking is the number one way to sell books, number one way to sell books. And I'm not talking about 10 books. I'm talking about truckloads of books and it's how I sold a million books. Um, and that, and, and, and sold a million books and created over $3 million in speaking fees at the same time. So, um, you know, it put my kids through college. It raised a family. It took care of us, um, through health crisis and all other kind of crises. Um, and it's, and I love showing people that there, it's not rocket science. It is work. Um, but taking them through. So one of the things that I have to do this afternoon is to finalize the workbook because they get like a hundred page workbook to go with this, everything that, that they could go and they can take away and have that. Um, so that's a speaking in, in October, I'm doing social media and marketing. And it also will be a one day online and a one day in person. Um, I, I know Amy does a lot of this kind of thing too. Um, and that's, that, that will be this. And then, um, and when we roll out the first of the year, we'll have my one, I just do on book publishing in general, um, on that. But if, if you were to ask me, you know, I, you know, I, I love the ease of the online, like what we're doing here. I love this kind of thing. But there is, if I was to have to choose between the two, I would take in person every time. There's just so much that can happen um, um, in between breaks that can be there. There's just different connection. I've always loved the energy um, that can come. But also, you know, I, I mean, I've watched Amy present gazillions of times. Um, and that one of the things is that for those of us who are doing presenting online, you have to bring your energy to the game and you, and, and a lot of them are pretty boring. I mean, I, I think you've all sat in on, and it's like snooze. Time. That's absolutely yeah. true. Judith. Yeah. yeah. A funny story. So there was one of our author talks about, three months ago that mm -hmm. Amy could not appear. I don't, what happened, Amy, that you could not be there? Was it the one where I had the internet guy came out? And okay, so she internet? had some kind of internet crash and we had to go on with Happens. Her. Happens. And so I had to start the show. And let me tell you, 
my I did not bring energy and it ruined the whole show. That's the best, it ruined the whole the show. Episode. That's and the best episode. In the middle of doing the introduction, I thought, oh my God, I suck. It was terrible. <laughs> you are absolutely right, Judith. <laughs> I did um um I was on the uh bookmark on uh, a few weeks ago, and we uh, we had so much fun. I mean, I was just banging out tips, tools, tips to be used for marketing, and it was just and I and I could take them in and I could show them stuff very quickly and do these things, and and I loved it with all the comments that that people who email me, and you know, I don't know, Amy, you do a lot of, of these things, but I'm finding where it used to be. I would see comments underneath and things. Now they decide they're going to track you down and just email you directly. Are you seeing that too? Yes. So then yeah. I have to, have to weed through them. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and just, or they decide to message me on Facebook. And I tell people, please don't do that. Facebook makes me cuckoo. I don't respond to any instant messages on Facebook because they always start with, you know, oh, you look so pretty. I love your smile. Stop that. <laughs> and it's a block. <laughs> you know, I would read instant messages that started, Russell, you look so pretty. That is a, I would read that. I would read. Anybody can instant message me. If they'll start that way, I'll read it. And then if they have a bunch of numbers after it, you can tell you which penitentiary they're coming from. <laughs> Russell, man, that's hilarious. You would read that. I'm gonna my next text message to you. I'm, that's the headline of it. <laughs> Just so you'll read it for sure. But no, so Judith, Russell usually says this, but I will say it. So we mm. actually have more people that listen to us on our podcast that watch us now. After eight years, I always tell Russell, we've moved up in this game. So we have been top 10 indie podcasts on like nice. and all over. But you can find us on Amazon, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere that you can find a podcast. You can listen to us. Just type in Author Talk. It's the gold one with the crimson background because red and gold are my favorite. Russell always has to say those kinds of things. But I know that we are thankful and very grateful for all of our listeners and all of the authors and mm -hmm. people within the writing community that we've had to talk to and meeting Judith Browse, who has been on several times before. Mm -hmm. But without further ado, Dina, let's get Judith talking about all of her books and her new venture. You know, and and I just for for a kiss, you know, a love letter to the podcast. You know, I started mine about I guess six years ago, and I, I think your name is so brilliant. Author talk is so brilliant. I wanted to change mine, but we were so so far in the branding. Now, ours is author you 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 your guide to book publishing, and we've had over sixteen million downloads since it started. Um, and I know my show coming up for this week is all about how to create an online course on your book. So um, you can get so much information from the podcast area and stop it and re-listen it. And it's just a plus, plus, plus. But books. OK, so um, I, I'm going to just pull a cover that this is my last book for authors. And it's The Author's Walk. Um, and finding and using your voice to create publishing success. It is not 
my typical how-to book, how how to avoid book publishing blunders, how to create a crowdfunding, how to how to create a million dollars page. It's not all that kind of stuff. This is the inspirational stuff. This this is the book I wish I had when I started writing forty years ago. Um, but there was there was just not a lot out there back then. And um, it's a book for an author who has kind of lost their mojo and needs some juice elating to get it back. That's what this book is for. So the author's walk. And, and I knew it was going to be my last book for authors because I have crossed the bridge, Amy, and I am writing fiction now. I spent three hours with my Kaima co-writer, Brian and I write together. Actually, Brian and I came together. I, I had to rescue him. His his uh, partner, kind of writing partner, abandoned him. And it turned out she never wrote a damn thing. She could type. Oh, she wow. wasn't a writer. And I finally said, you need to fire her. Um, and and then he was really in the dumps. And I said, just come over. Well, I'll I'll get you going again. We'll get you. And before I knew it, his characters were waking me up in the night. Before I knew it, things were taking me over. Um, and and when I said, you know, we need a love scene, we need kind of a love scene in here. Um, and so he he wrote up, I don't know, a couple of paragraphs, and it was like a gag me. And so I I took it over. So we kept six of his words, and I ended up with four pages. But from then on. <laughs> So we contributed, okay. <laughs> we became um, we became good buddies, and and writing. We're just finishing book two of the Secret Journey, so it's going to be the Secret Hamlet. Will be the next one, um, but it's you know it's it's been kind of fun, and I'm now now I'm creating a Chicklet series. So, and I, I don't hear the name Chicklet too often anymore, but that is what it is. It's humor. It's friendship. It's yeah, it's for the girls um, and doing it. And um, and so we've done that. And I think one of the cool things that we've done, hooking back to the Authors Hall of Fame, we've developed such a great relationship with Barnes & Noble that I can call any Barnes & Noble store and I can say, hey, I'd like to bring in like eight or nine, ten authors and and do a full day with you in the store and we work it out. They give us a percentage of sales back for the hall. So that's very cool. Yeah. Um, and, and so all these authors I get to work with, I bring them in. So I'm heavily doing with consulting, but my own books that um, I, I like to think of the author's walk and how to avoid book publishing blunders should be bundled together because this is going to get you going and keep you going with the walk. But the publish, avoiding publishing blunders will save you thousands of dollars of screw ups. And every author makes them. And we all do it. I mean, that there are times wouldn't, you know, Dina, I see you nodding your head. We'd like to roll back the clock and wish we had skipped over this one. Judith, uh, give us a couple of blunders. Oh, uh, uh, the most common blunders is you think you can edit your own work. And that's good enough. Number one, number one would be that. Um, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing that. You just need to bring other eyeballs in who know what they're doing with your genre. Um, they, another big blunder is, and I, and I see people who have even a graphic design background thinking they're the best cover designer for their book and no, they're not. 
You need yeah. to be with someone who understands cover design um, on that. This and that specific e genre. E exactly. Because what works on sci-fi does not work on romance. Oh, my God. And yeah. Oh, and, I, and let's talk about romance. Romance has a color code. The, the the color on a romance book, if it's a if if you've got yellows and softnesses, it it means the romance is gentle. If you've got red hot, oh my god, here it comes! All right, you're crimson, hot, 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 hot. Um, and but your graphic designers, I mean, I um, I just so trust the team that I have in, in that kind of thing to just go in. I said, this is what I'm thinking about. I want, I would, I, I am very, they all know that purple is my color. Like Amy's is crimson. Purple, purple is my color and that there better be some purple somewhere kind of involved in that or, or, or something with a water feel to it, which is my other big thing that gets me going. Um, but having the graphic um, uh, people involved. And then another huge mistake is the, the garbage background, back covers I see, um, that people don't know how to write back cover copy. It's um, called a marketing piece. Um, and they vomit up all this stuff about what their book is. You don't have to do that. What you do is have to tantalate and tease. Um, and, and bring that in in the fiction line and the nonfiction line, you got to know exactly who your target market is and what their problem and pain is. And then your copy is written that you are going to kiss it and make it well. Um, and if those three things, if, if authors would get that, and that's where I'm going to tell you, get out of the way and get some help. Yeah, get some yeah. help here um, and make this happen on that. And, you know, if you're not a great writer, but you have brilliant ideas, and I've told this to many authors, I said, this is a great idea, but you suck as a writer, get someone to help you write. So I think, that, I think that's what authors need, right? I think they need someone to be honest and, and truthful with them, and it's not to hurt their feelings or anything, it's to make them better. Mm -hmm. You know? Uh, you know Amy, I used to say people would give me their book and I would look at the book and I said, oh, this is this is great that you got your book out. And then, you know, and I immediately remember when you hold up a book, this is three to seven seconds max. That's your cover. Three yeah. to seven seconds. You sell it on the back cover. This is where it gets sold. And what it, then someone will do, they might take it and scan it and see visually, you know, fourth mistake. If you, if I see a book now, which is line after line after line after line after line, vomit line of text without some breaks and eye candy in it, especially in nonfiction, I probably will put it down. Yep. Um, so, and, and, and so they'll scan the book, um, you know, so is it, is it, is it appealing? Does it pull me in? And then they may read one or two pages and that's how a book is sold today. And, and and people will say, well, um, but no, who, no one's buying books. Well, that's kind of a bullshit answer. You know, over sixty percent, over sixty percent are printed books. The others are divvied up between the audio and deal. I just say do all the formats. So fifth mistake is you're not making your book available in multiple formats, um, and and have it out there. So you know. 
for me, you know, every walk has a first step for we aspiring authors. It's going to start somewhere. It'll start somewhere. So where's that thing that drops in that gets you motivated? For me, Amy, it was someone that stole my ideas and published them. And his name was Art Bookwald. And that's how I started writing. Well, we all have our own inspirations on how we get into writing and all those kinds of things. But I, I do want to ask you, Judith, was writing the author's walk, I, did you kind of know going into it, this was your last book yeah. for author. So was it like a bittersweet moment for you or were you kind of ready to try something different? I mean, you had written so many books directed mm -hmm. towards authors and in nonfiction. So were you just ready to try something different or did this idea kind of approach you with the six words that you kept from your co-author and you just kind of ran with it? Yeah. It, it, uh, for, <laughs> with Brian is six words. I kept the, um, <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> touch. Okay. So, <laughs> um, um, no, I, I wrote this, um, th those who know me, I do the publishing at Sea Cruise. You know, Russell, I'll go back to you every, every winter. I do a publishing at Sea Cruise where I take 20 to 30 authors away and we work for a week on a cruise ship. And um, that with that, um, that I, I always stay over. I may go a week before, a week after. But my intent is to come away with the draft of my next book. I knew when I got on the ship last January that I was writing my last book and I had gathered everything together. And when I, six days later, I had the entire draft done. Um, and then I came back to do the polishing of it. And then it's a very different book for me. I mean, it has kind of a little poetry in it. It has, um, it's just very, it's punchy, which also made me alter I used to have a Saturday blog that I did a recap of certain things now it's totally different that it's along the lines of some of the elements within the author's walk and some of some of the blog could be like four lines in it they're usually always less than a hundred words or something that you can just read chew and move on yeah they're like quick little Quick. Bits of it. Yeah. They're goosers. They're they're meant to be goosers. Um, so and I really liked it. And it's amazing the comments I get from people on those on there. And then I, I've created an original poster for every one of them with one of my sayings um, of some sort. So but I did know that um, this was going to be the last one. I'm totally OK with it. I mean, I've said it. I've showed you how not to screw up. I've showed you how to create a speech. Um, I, I can, you know, I see these tomes, for example, on crowdfunding. You don't need to read the theory and God, get away with it. You just need to know how to do it. What are the elements of it? And if you're missing any one of these, you're in deep doo-doo. You may not succeed. I mean, only 35% in the publishing field of any fund crowdfunding uh, goes through and succeeds. So. This is, you want to be in the minority. So um, you can only say that so many ways. That's the way I look at it. You know, you had, you had mentioned the, the major mistakes, the editing and your cover. And yep. <clears throat> I have come across someone, or well, people, let's put it that way, because there's, there's been more than one, 
that listen to so many different people, you know, they, they, they try to do it right, but they go to this person because supposedly this person is a guru and then this person is a guru and they're giving different information, different nuances. And then the, the author is like, what do I do? We need to do this. We need to do this. And you have to tell them you're taking contradictory points of view and trying to mesh them together. Mm -hmm. You need to find one person mm -hmm. and build your own pathway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, we, um, when, when we are developing books, every book gets customized. Um, so it's, it's going to cost a little bit more, you know, we're not, we're not templators. Um, and, and, and one of the first things we do is re when we bring the team together is we're sitting down and talking about it so we can get going on the cover. And, and so we have an understanding right now I am deep in, oh my God, Russell, you talked about a story. So a woman who was lost for 11 and a half days in the forest. Wow. And, and typically someone who is, this is a memoir, who's lost in the extremes that she was in from being caught in a blizzard and then all the other stuff that goes along with it is two and a half days survival and that's it. And the really the hell she went through and some of the craziness because when you start going into starvation, when you go into stuff, you're, you know, your mind does so many tricks on you, I think. Um, and pulling her story out. So as I'm going, she was afraid when we sat down that I would reject her um, because it, it got bad. Um, and some of the things that she was, she wrote about. And I said, it's really, you know, that's not the problem. It's getting out for me is sitting with her and reliving with her the, the, the trauma and the hill that she dove into um, each day where, I mean, but, but when they found her, how they found her, they found her bloody footprints. She frostbitten past her, her ankles. Um, they found her bloody footprints uh, finally. Um, but and then a couple of, she evolved to, she couldn't even walk anymore. She was scooting on her butt, scooting on her butt through the forest. Mm -hmm. To the side of her footprints were bear prints all along following her. Um, and she knew she had a sense that she was being watched all the time. She had that sense going on. So pulling out that emotion for the reader to, to go through as I talked to her um, and ask her. So from how did you feel? What did it look like? How dark was dark? on it. Um, could you feel the bugs crawling all over your leg when you, you know, you got into that log, try to protect you from the wind. So anyway, this all happened up in our Rocky Mountains. Here. So, you, you talk more uh, to, to nonfiction authors and, and doing like back of the book, back of the room sales. Um, um, I'm a big believer in back of the room sales, but you have to know how to do them. Um, and you have to know how to sell. For example, let me give you, give all of us a tip. So this is a book. Let's say I'm going to read something from my, uh, you know, from the author's walk. So if I have it now, you wrote the book, you should be able to randomly open your book 
and say something and you can look down. This is what you do in the front of the room. So you'd have your book. So they all know what the book is. I see the book cover. Okay. You never have to say, go buy my book. You never have to say that. So you have your book open. Um, and for example, chapter seven opens in my book, who's your who? And it has just a little ditty. Um, my, my quote under here is you want to be the whale in the pond, but readers can be frustrating. Most haven't found you yet. Seek them, know them, go where they are, nurture them with your words. They are your who you are now found. Okay. That's kind of a random of what this says. I didn't have to read it, but what you're planting in your, your audience is, I, I need that book. I need that book. I've never had to say, you know, I have a special offer on my book today. Never. They just go buy the book. The other thing I learned long ago is it, it, it's speaking gigs. And I've sp spoken all 50 states, 20 countries that um, I always donate back a percentage of any book sales to their scholarship or the group or whatever it is. And invariably, the my introducer, and by the way, you always have your introduction in a 14 or a 16 double-spaced font so they can carry copies with you <laughs> because you never know who they're going to assign introducing to you. But I always let the introducer know. And it's very common for the introducer to say, um, and, and Judith, Judith will be here with us all day. Any questions, go back and see her. She'll be at her book table. And by the way, she is donating a percentage of any sales to us. So make sure you get your copies. I don't have to say anything. I don't yeah. have to say anything. Yeah. See, I have found that, <clears throat> I mean, it, especially like around the holidays, but kind of just at any point, your readers, if they see that you're donating or um, there mm -hmm. was one author that was like, you know, if you purchase a book from me, like a, I send a bear, you know, to like the children's center or something like that. And it's like a warm stuffy bear and like, it's kind of like a giving thing. And like readers like to see those kinds of things, like that mm -hmm. their money is going other places as well. So they're contributing to something, I guess is the best way to say that. And so I have found that to be very successful and doing in-person events and speaking and stuff. Cause then you're not really selling your, your book. You, you, you don't have to. Now I also, I always have a handout where I don't care how many are in the audience. I always have a handout. And I, 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 now I just put a band of the books I might have available so they could see it in color on that. Another tip I want to give all our authors, make sure, please, 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 that whatever hand, anything written from now on, you know, I, I had a very interesting um, IP attorney on my podcast um, last week. And that I, I have always put the copyright symbol and the year 2023, for example, this year. Um, and then my name, and I would put, you know, that's I own the copyright of anything I do. Um, and then I always put my, I would always have my website, my email, phone number, bottom, because they take these home. People like something. It, it, it is a bug for me when I've been at events and workshops, um, it, 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 online, 
online or in person and they say, well, go to my website and get my, you know, special handout for this. I, I, I understand the, the psychology that you're trying to capture their email, but for me, it pisses me off because I want to have something to follow as they're going along and write down and reinforce. So I've always made sure physically it is there. Um, and then the other thing I want to bring out that whatever you're doing, I bet you a lot of you have bookmarks, right? Dina, you got bookmarks? Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I have, I have a, um, nope. a trifold that's a coloring page. Okay. Do you have your copyright on it? I don't think I do. Mine's You're not about a book. Mine's about my services. Mine's not about a book. I don't care. I don't care. Listen to me. Anything that you put out that has your intellectual property on it, put your copyright, copyright logo and the year, put it out, get your on it. Everything you do, bookmarks, anything going forward. We live in the era of thievery. Yep. Yes. <laughs> okay. And I'm going back to the Art Bookwald. I had dinner with Art Bookwald. I was president of a foundation, college foundation, many, many years ago. And we were talking about our three teenagers. We both commiserated. Anytime you get parents together with have teenagers, you'll commiserate. Mine were a year or two older than his. And I came up with the idea that, you know what, we, you know, and, and maybe the draft, because this the draft was talking, Frank had just gotten notice. Uh, my old my son and that uh, maybe we should take a you know maybe we should take away their cars for two years i mean think about the gas you'd save think about the insurance rates would go down think about grades would go out think about maybe less sex i mean I, you know I, I had this laundry list of stuff um and and the following week i was in mexico speaking and i picked up a copy of the los angeles times and there was his column um uh, with all my ideas in it all of them and when I got back to my office, there was a letter from him saying, I really enjoyed meeting you. And maybe, you know, maybe I might use some of our ideas we came up with in a future call. And I'm going, and it was signed Cheers, Art Bookwald. And I'm, I'm reading this. I'm going, Cheers, dude. This is called Past Tense. But yeah. it, it was the epiphany that came into me that if I didn't start taking some of my own ideas, other people would. And that's where my first book came from. So, so I, I think we all have to protect ourselves, you know, what we create, you, you can give it away, but you can still put your copyright on it and it goes with it. Otherwise it's, you know, yeah. it's gone. It's important, especially now with pirating of books has become just huge. like a huge issue now more than ever. I mean, it's, it's, crazy to see romance writers scream about it when, during our interviews last year i mean it's it's just crazy the links that people will will go to and you know i don't know why you would never not it, it, and it, it doesn't matter what you put out there it doesn't matter what you put out there you can put right. a look this is my list for you know publication and someone's going to steal it and put their name on it Right, absolutely. But Judith, we are out of time. And like always, we could sit here and talk to you and just continue to go forever. But I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to come 
Now My pleasure. Talk to us about the Authors Rock and your new venture into fiction. I can't wait to read I know it. It's 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 a kick. It's it's a kick. It is fun and We'll see where it goes along with everything else. And what I'd like to do is be able to clone me. I think that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, there um, you go. <laughs> you know, nobody wants me to clone myself. Yeah. <laughs> nobody. No. no, and on that note, everybody, we hope that you have a fantastic Monday knowing that Russell cannot clone himself. And a great rest of the week. And we will catch you all next week. Bye.